Hello and welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a new Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're full season ticket holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. So for a light-hearted take on Bristol's progress on and off the pitch, this season stay tuned. In this show, we'll discuss the narrow home victory over Gloucester, we'll talk about the forthcoming game against London Irish and give our view of all things Bristol in the World Cup in Japan. We'll also talk about this season's home and away kits and finish with our regular What Gets My Goat feature. So, with me today, I'm joined by uh, Pete, Lee, and I'm delighted to say making his debut is Miles. Miles, welcome to the show. Hello, thanks for having me. It's nice to see you. I mean, there was a rumour going round because, um, you know, you you are one of the poshest people that we know that um, it was because uh, your chauffeur um, uh, had had resigned and and your butler uh, wasn't prepared to drive the car. I mean, is that true? Well, not really. I haven't been lounging around like Jacob Rees-Mogg on the leather sofa. I mean, come on. I've been a busy family man, but finally here. Thanks very much for having me. And enjoying discussing rugby with my mates so pleasure to have you bring Miles. it on it's good to have you yeah. and, 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 and I exist thanks and, and you exist you're not a figment of our imagination <laughs> so um, Lee how, how's it been um, this week for you after the podcast people been stopping you in the streets apart from the police that normally stop you um, I mean that's just down to the car I drive TC but um, no I mean generally fantastic week I mean we've had some really good positive feedback um, some constructive criticism, I'd say, as well, which is always good. Um, and I think, yeah, generally, it's, a lot of people are behind us in, in what we're trying to do. Yeah, I mean, constructive criticism is great. We welcome that. Um, someone said it sounded a bit amateur, and that's because we are amateurs. Oh, to be oh, honest, Tony, I mean, that's what I thought. But anyway, <laughs> we still have letters on our backs. We, absolutely. And, um, you know, uh, apologies for the sound, but we are recording this in a house, not a posh studio. This yeah, is the. I, I thought I was going to be invited to the Abbey Road Studios. Um, or turns maybe out, your own studio. Turns out it's Tony's, uh, Tony's Lounge, which is great. <laughs> there we are. And Pete, welcome as well. Yeah, hi. Right, let's move on then. So, the Gloucester game. Um, first home game of the season, a chance to see a pretty strong team. Um, now, Pete, I think work commitments, you couldn't make it. Miles, it was great to see yeah. you and have your company down there. Uh, Lee, uh, you, you weren't at the game on Friday. Um, is there any particular reason? I mean, someone from Withywood, uh, someone of your your you know stature in, uh, in, in South Bristol... I'm sure you've got a, a really, you know, sound reason for not being at the game. I do, TC. I really do. If I want to save my marriage, I was watching uh, Lion King at the Bristol Hippodrome, boys. So uh, can I just say that it was booked in months before the, the fixtures were already had come out. So that was my uh, that was my Friday night socialising this week. Yeah, there we are. So it was uh, Matata. Yeah, <laughs> P- Pumba over uh, the the Bears. Okay, so Miles, we we were at the game. What, what were your thoughts on this as uh, as uh, seeing the team run out? Um, this this effective it's a cup game, but it's a it's a, a season friendly. I think most of us are looking at. It was a good game. I was not that keen on going initially, but saw the team sheet and thought, what. I've got to be there. I mean, this is nearly the, apart from the backs, all playing from Samoa, this is the first team in the pack. 
And loved it. Great atmosphere, you know, seven and a half thousand, just under seven and a half thousand there. Really good atmosphere. Um, glad I went, actually. Yeah. yeah, I mean, for, from, from my perspective, I thought first 20 minutes, Bristol bossed it. We got that early lead. We're looking really good. Gloucester came back strong then um, for the, the, the second half of the, the, the first period. Um, but the big thing for me in the second half, we got ourselves into a winning position, 25 up, I believe. And then it was game management. And one of those things, certainly from early last season, I think we got better as the season went on. But there were just some decisions that were made when we could have maybe put the points on, um, you know, kicked to the corner. We saw little tap and runs um, and just some game management let Gloucester back into the game. It it let us down, didn't it, in the second half? I think, um, as you said, first 20 minutes, brilliant, good game management. Second half, it was a bit like old Bristol, wasn't it? We had a lead and then always a chance of losing the lead. I mean, if Gloucester had kicked the two, the two conversions, we would have lost the game. Um, I got, clinically, a, a bit lacking in the second half. I got, I, I got a question about that because it's, it's something that I think about quite a lot is this whole thing about you know, managing a game and making the right decisions when you're under pressure. And um, this whole thing of, you know, like thinking clearly under pressure... Um, tea cut quite famous sort of concept that I think Clive Woodward talked about when with England but it's like you know I've always wondered like, how do you coach that like, how do you coach people to make the right decision under pressure given that when you're kind of training you're not under pressure as, as much and I don't know if you was there any insights Tony that from the game you know, what were the sort of mistakes that were made you know is this something that could be could be improved on well, well, for me, the classic thing, I think we were 25 up. Um, we had the opportunity, we missed an overlap, two-man overlap to go in on the um, the, the left wing. Um, ball came back uh, in play, middle of the park, we had a penalty. Now, we're 25 up. To me, it's straight. You just get Sheedy to line up the three points, get the ball kicked back to you and build again. But we took a quick tap that went to John Afoa. Now, John Afoa, somewhere deep inside his soul, he thinks he's Dan Carter. <laughs> so instead of being the normal prop, pinning his ears back and ploughing into um, the people in front of him, actually, a great little grubber tip kick. It was one of the best grubber kicks I've seen for, for many a time at Bristol, but it didn't quite work out. So all of a sudden then, you know, Gloucester, get back. Everybody's possession. And go up the other end and score. So it's 2010 instead of really being 23-5. Um, and that's one of our experienced heads as well, which, uh, I mean, obviously, Pat Lamb, he likes the players to actually dictate on the field. And, you know, and that's quite surprising that John Fowler would actually do that because he's one of the, the you know, probably the most experienced player we've got in the team. And don't get me wrong, I think John Fowler and the whole front row had a really good game. Um, you know, I think that's really solid. Uh, Thacker, you know, I don't know if we talked about him in the last last yeah, podcast. Surprising. No, so, I mean, yeah. I mean, Thacker was all over the place again. You just see his little red skull cap bobbing up everywhere. Um, great energy. Um, so it was interesting because I thought they had little partnerships. Although it was a strong team, you know, is that going to be the front row that starts against Bath? Is Woolmore going to get in a, ahead of Jan Thomas? Um, um, we then saw, you know, the the back three 
um, Nathan Hughes, Luatoa, and Dan Thomas. I thought Dan Thomas and Luatoa really, again, outstanding. I think, you know, Dan Thomas tackled everything, was breaking. Luatoa was everywhere at the breakdown. Again, some really strong carries, nice flip out for the, the try. Um, of course, we, it was Nathan Hughes' debut. I was going to say, what, what do you, what, I mean, I read a bit of stuff that, you know, maybe he tried a little bit too hard, uh, this sort of thing. But I don't know, boys, what did you see when you were there? He did effort 100%, but it wasn't that clinical at the end of the day. And he got subbed off in the second half and he was he was cross. He knew he hadn't put you know, 100% in. So it's good to see. He's yeah. sort of, you know, uh, he, he knows he should have done better. I like that because we were talking in the previous podcast about we want him angry. And Nathan sounds like he's angry. He'll be angry, angry. yeah. He's going to be ready. He's going to be fuming, isn't he? I mean, you know, Miles turns up five minutes in. Slagging off our best podcast. Yeah. uh, I mean, he's a huge bloke. I mean, he could could crash your head in just one hand. I know, he's a big bloke. I've seen him, yeah. But yeah, that's well, no, actually trade money for that, Miles. But in all seriousness, boys, I mean, I think you know, we we it's going to take a bit of time. It's all very well saying he looked good in pre-season. He's done this, you know, it's his first game. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. you know, in a way, thankfully, we've got these games for yeah. people like Hughes and 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 all the bit and Atwood and all these people to sort of get involved because what we're really aiming for here, aren't we? We're aiming for. That game, Friday night, we want a strong two, we want our big boys firing on all cylinders. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, like anything, as Pat Lamb will say, you know, there'll be a lot of learnings taken from this. Yeah, I mean, there were handling errors, which is always disappointing and unforced handling errors, really. Um, And the other thing that I noticed, and I don't know whether this is how we're going to use him, often he was kind of third or fourth receiver. I thought he'd be a bit closer to to get in the ball a bit more of a crash player but quite often he he was one or two places along the line further out so it'll be interesting to see how how that develops obviously John Hawkins had a, a good game was uh, you know very strong in the line out great to see Charlie Powell score a try and I, yeah I mean Charlie Powell and um, you know I like to little plug for him he's a he's a Educated in Bristol, uh, very bright lad I hear. Was it with from my? Own, it wasn't with ah, actually Lee. Um, it was uh, it was one of the other establishments in Bristol, but it wasn't Clifton College. <laughs> but yeah, no, I have a little uh, inside track on uh, his educational um, progress, and yeah, he's a, he's a bright lad, and I think uh, could have done anything really. Chose chose to uh, you know pursue his rugby career, um, and I think great. I mean, it's got you know it's good. There was loads of. Uh, you know, loads of kind of um, Bristol-based, well, there are loads of Bristol-based players and they're getting a chance and uh, I think it's good for us. But Yeah, um, exactly what Pat Lamb wants. Exactly. So, yeah. uh, okay. Well, Charlie, you know, with his champagne moment going over for that try, I'm not sure Jack Bates will be quite so happy with uh, coming on. Um, he was on for a matter of seconds, I think, before taking someone out from the kickoff, yeah, and then yeah. we mean, were down to 10 men, I think uh, good, 14 men. Good job there wasn't the TMO. I mean, he's quite lucky with the yellow, I thought. Um, you know, 20 minutes of the game, we were off with two yellow cards, one Dan Thomas, and as I said, one him, really. But um, yeah, I suppose, on looking on the bright side, I suppose we then had to kind of, it's quite good to have a bit in. of time sort of learning in that because that may that's going to happen yeah. when the chips are really down and um, you know having a bit of time to practice playing with 14 men I mean I, I would say it just I mean like obviously you guys watched the game um, yeah where were you where were you uh, I was socialising um, <laughs> what, 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 what but obviously it was I mean it was it was a local derby so I mean f- from my point of view listening to you guys it sang, sounded like you know there was the hearts were you know 
were on the line as well, and, and we wanted to to get in amongst them, which is you know, we, as a Bristol fan, the passion. That's what we want. Just, I mean, a couple of things, Tony. I, I wasn't there. I you hold my hands up. I I was. Um, Where were you? Pete? I uh, I. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hesitate to say what I was doing. Uh, were you trying to find vials? No, well, uh, well, well, I was there, mate. Uh, yeah, we're, we're right. I was at a barbecue. Can I just say this is a family show and <laughs> yeah, it, it was off com issues. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. It was just to do with another sport that I play that may be raised uh, in future podcasts. <laughs> it a social event for that? But, yeah, but yoga. What I wanted to talk about actually is one thing I, I did do my research though, Tony. You know, right. I did do some preparation well, nice. and uh, just want to point out a couple of things. John Hawkins. Um, perfect at the line out six takes on, on all six throws and then stole one and uh, Dan Thomas biggest tackle highest tackle rate and uh, Callum Sheedy um, 100% kick in and I think you know now looking at Callum Sheedy and thinking he is you know he's our man I mean he's you know I know we, we're, we're quite big fans of we're very big fans of uh, Madigan we, we've yeah. had we've um, but I think you know it's great to think that we've this is what competition does we've now got you know, a homegrown lad who is dominating, you know, he's, he's dominating and that I, position. I, mean, I, think, I think Callum has been the first to say the influence that Mads has had on his career as well, because uh, the first person he's, he's turned to, Madigan's always been there for him. So, you know, it's, it's, it shows the character and that's really... And if you remember, we went to that um, Bristol uh, uh, Bristol Sport Radio Bristol Sport Forum thing, mm. and when that question was asked to Pat Lamb about who does he think in the in the squad are kind of future yeah, right. yeah. coaches, future, and he said Jordan Crane and Callum Sheedy. Isn't he? So yeah. Callum Sheedy is, you know, I, I, he's de- I think we need to track what he does this season because I think he's a he's going to be a big player for us. I agree, um, but it's also good to know we've got Madigan as well. Pushing him all the time, and, and Tiff Eden as well. Though yeah, I thought, yeah. you know, the game before looked uh, looked quite useful. Solid. I think just talking about Sheedy, that was one slight concern for me was that he just got a bit of a knock when he went for a, a kind of aerial challenge. So he did come off with um, seven or eight minutes to go. <clears throat> Excuse me. Right there, um, yeah, I'll just have a sip of my water to to my right. Proper job. Um, but then. That did lead to what I thought was the comedy moment, my golden moment from the game, because um, a young academy player, George Kloska, came on uh, and walked over to the pack. But, of course, we had full numbers in the pack. He was the last of the, the substitutes. Um, so they pointed to for him to go to centre. So you've got this young prop lining up in centre, and you could see from his body language he was going, well, where do I stand? What do I do? What am I, what am I doing out here? I, I need to be in the trenches, not out here with these backs. And I think at the same time, Dan, Dan this, Thomas... Yeah, by this point, Dan Thomas was already uh, already on the wing. Yeah. He's quite hard. I mean, you know... But... We missed it, the... <laughs> Yeah, but George Kloska, that was my my golden moment. Um, and before we move on to next week's game, there there is one thing, and I've seen there's been a bit of um, banter about this on the fans forum, and Miles and I certainly experienced it. Was the ultra bright advertising boards that were running along the dolmen? I mean, God, yeah, I mean, it was ridiculous because sometimes when a player was over on the the line that side, it, they, they were a silhouette really. It, it was just so bright. Uh, and I think somebody put on Twitter during the game uh, some comment, and it, it did seem that they did turn the brightness down in the second half. Yeah, I mean, Tony and I nearly got a suntan, it was so bright. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. Any good products being advertised, though? We well, couldn't see them. We couldn't yeah, see them. So yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, 
Nearly got blinded by two good international. I mean, right, so that, that, that's enough about the Gloucester game, I think. Just to sum up, great to see us get the first home win. It was against Gloucester, one of the old enemies, so uh, great for for that and to, oh, yeah, to oh, have yeah. a good run out. Yeah, and Andy enjoyed it as well. Yeah. What's that, our, our Gloucester friend? Oh, yes. I was going to say yeah. about Big Andy, did he go yeah. to the game? Good, good strong side cut out. Yeah, to see. so two, two strong teams and, and Bristol just, just got out on top. So let's have a quick think about, we've got the next game coming up on Sunday, London Irish again in the Premiership Cup. Are we going to see a strong team put out or do you think we're going to see the big rotation again? Lee, what, what are your thoughts? For me, it's rotation again. I could see a team probably similar to um, the Queen's game, in all fairness. I think that's what... Pat wants to do rest the players in between times. Um, I would, I would guess, that it would be more of a team suited that played the Quinns game than the, the, than the, the strong team that played the Gloucester game. Personally, so do you think we're going to see any of the players that haven't featured thus far? You know, I'm thinking the likes of Luke Morahan, Piatau. Yeah, I think I think possibly. I, I I'm not sure. I'm I, I'm not sure in this game. I, I think it possibly the Chiefs game that those two might be introduced. But there again, you know, I'm, I, I I have been wrong in the past, and I certainly will be wrong in the future. Um, I I see them probably coming back for the Chiefs game, but you know, we'll we'll see it. And Pete, what are your thoughts yeah, on the lineup for next next weekend? It's, it's not easy. Is it? I mean, ultimately, you've said this already that what we're really aiming for is that first game of the season. We we want all our big hitters to be match ready, and you're only match ready if you've played a little bit. You're only match fit if you've played a match. So you know, and then but at the same time, you're balancing out. You've got to keep them fresh. You don't want to injure them. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking that. <laughs> I'm thinking that it may be a time for Piatel Morahan to have a little run out. Maybe on the bench, uh, we'll see. I mean, maybe, you know, London Irish would be better than, than, than Chiefs, you know, given Chiefs' reputation for, uh, for being, uh, you know, pretty solid. So uh, we'll see. But I think whatever happens, um, you know, we'll be ready for that Bath game. And that's what really matters, doesn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, I think... With this Premiership Cup, if we if we can win a couple of the games, you know, yeah. um, if we don't progress, you know, are we really bothered? But you, you don't want to be on the end of a 4-0. Not really, really we've, got, we've got to pay extra for the tickets. <laughs> yeah. All right, Miles, it's only a tenner. But <laughs> actually, one thing, Tony, one, one thing can I just say, actually, just thought about it, is that I think I quite like this fact that we've got this these four games. Um, and it is a, it, not just for kind of getting our big players ready, for the Premiership, but actually, it's given us an opportunity to, to, to you know, show some of our academy players. You know, they, you know, in a normal season, they may not, mm. you know, they may not get that sort no, of exposure no, no. early on because there's a good chance for the, you know, it. We may need them in the season, and you know, playing. We may argue the point about whether they're meaningful games, but they are essentially games. Yes, that, yeah. And I, and I think, you know, I think, I think Pat Lamb's doing a, you know, he's doing a good job here and getting a few of the academy boys. Get ready, getting the taste for for playing, um, so that if we do need them, and they, they you know the time will come, we know that. Yeah, they've had a good sort of you know introduction. They, they've been integrated into the squad, so they know what the the format is. You know, so when they do step up, when they are called for, they know what the system is and they know where they're going. And I think, like Pete said, that's exactly exactly what Pat Lamb wants. 
That's great. Well, let's let's leave that now and let's move on to the Rugby World Cup. Um, obviously, another good win for England. But as we said on the podcast previously, we're not going to talk about the obvious stuff. Our focus is Bristolians and people with Bristol connections at the Rugby World Cup. So um, let's start with, uh, well, one of our own getting a man of, man of the match performance. Alapeti Leoa. Um, did I say that again? No, I can't. It's quite easy to say. I'm glad you said it. Go on, Miles. Alapeti Leoa, I believe. There we are. That's not a bad effort. That's good. So, great performance. You know, isn't it great as a Bristol rugby fan, a Bristol Bears fan, to see one of our own on a world stage, maybe not playing for one of the biggest countries I, I accept, but going out there, doing the business, scoring tries, man of the match performance. As a Bears fan, I was really proud of that. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think, um, and also it's going to benefit us as well. These boys are going to come back from, you know, they'll come back after the group stages, hopefully. And uh, they're going to come back and they're going to be hardened and they'll be, you know, they'll be kind of ready for those big match moments because they've been playing in these big match moments. Well, what, what a pre-season that is for them, isn't it? The World Cup. And also we've got Vui's captain. Yeah. We've also got, got Pietel, captain of Tonga. Yeah. We've, got, we've got serious boys here, captain material. And this goes back to what we talked about before, <coughs> about that Gloucester game. And when the chips are down a little bit, when things aren't working, you leadership need leadership the on the team. And, and I, you know, I, I like to think that um, you know, we're, we're going to be stronger because we've had some of these boys out there. Um, and uh, you know, and, and it's going to benefit us. And um, whether they win or lose, but yeah, it's great to see see some of the boys score some tries and let's hope that they that taste of glory will be uh, translated back to BS3 Tony absolutely and of course uh, our, our son of South Bristol as well Genji had another uh, performance um, any any comments on that it was it was like watching uh, the, the king himself wasn't it Jonah he's Absolute class. Is that like playing playtime at your at school, is it? <laughs> Watching Genji. I think he was taking out a couple of Wibbywood yeah, boys on, on that. the way there, mate. But yeah, fantastic. I mean, Ellis always impresses me. I mean, I think he's matured as a person as well. I mean, I hate saying it, but at Leicester, I uh, I, I think that he his performances have been outstanding and. I just can't wait for him to come back home personally because uh, you know what's going to happen. Ellis, you know you're coming back at some point in the, in the not-too-distant future and we'll all be there cheering you on when you do. That, I mean, that run he did you know, off the back of the scrum, it was just, it took me back to 95, Tony. Do you remember that? With Jonah Lobu mm, destroying yeah. England in that semi-final. Mm. Tony Underwood, you know. Carlin took Was it Austin Healy as well? It was like, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, good on Jonah Lowry for that one. But anyway, you know, it's great. There's nothing better in rugby. We talk about things we don't see very often, don't we? Like drop kicks or uh, stuff like that. And you don't see often where somebody literally smacks into somebody mm. and they just go flying and they carry on running. It's, it's just what makes rugby such a great game. And, uh, you know, obviously then we scored a try off the back of it as well. So, yeah, that was a, that was a big moment, I think. So Genji won Bristolian we'd yeah. like to see in, yeah, in, 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 in Bears colours again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another man of the match performance, the Italian team, Jake Pelledri. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the one that got away. Um, I think he might have played one game for the A-League team but um, was basically told wasn't good enough for Bristol in the Andy Robinson era uh, Dings Crusaders 
you know, boy, went up to Hartbury, then on to Gloucester. And now, I mean, what a fabulous performance that was for Italy. I mean, I think he got the record in a World Cup for the most defenders beaten, 14 defenders beaten. No forward has done that in a game. And all right, you can talk about the quality of the, the opposition. But even so, 106 metres, 16 carries, three clean breaks. Pat, if you've got a shopping list, you know, and, and we talk about wanting to have Bristolians in the team, you know, when 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 are we going to go and see if we can get Jake to come come down the uh, the M5? I mean, I don't know if any, anybody else saw the game. I was socialising. To be honest, Tony, they're I'm working, mate. <laughs> those stats you just throw out, I don't think I can compete with those. But uh, no, I mean, yeah. I mean, one that got away, and and surprisingly so as well, because obviously, uh, I mean, Jake's Jake's dad is big Bristol boy, you know, and I was surprised we let him go that we did that there wasn't enough there that, that we released him, to be honest. I mean, there's not been many players that I can remember over you know, the last few years that we've we've let go and it, it has had such a big impact. And and also the the thing that grinds on me is that he went to Gloucester, mm-hmm. you know, and and there's nothing worse than, you know, than having to listen to, to my mate Andy mm-hmm. saying how good he is. Um, but... Yeah, hopefully, maybe in the future we'll we'll get him back. In absolutely, uh, absolutely. This, this is home. Absolutely, Dad Peter played over four hundred and fifty games for Bristol. Yeah. You know, it's it's such a shame that uh, we didn't get Jake. But you know, fingers crossed for the future. Talking about players that went to Gloucester and told us that they weren't going to Gloucester. Do we remember a little chat we had with Mr. Woodward, well, didn't we? A couple was of that, seasons that ago. That was the, uh, the, uh, the Worcester Way. Six Ways a few years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we tried to forget that game, <laughs> but we don't forget that chat, do we? We had a, a chat with Mr. Yeah. Woodward and said, are you moving on at the end of the season? Kind of non-committal. We said, well, if you do go, don't go to Gloucester. Yeah. And what did I, he say to us? I promise you, I will not be going to Gloucester. Gloucester. And a few months later, he signed on the dotted line for Jason, the Cherry and White. J- Jason, I've had 32 weeks of counselling to get over yeah. your lies. I mean, when your heroes let you down, Lee, it's, it's, it's devastating, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Clark Kent never let you down. He was a bit quiet on Friday night as well, wasn't he? Didn't he? He's still got his little bunny hop step, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Before, before, before we call it the Antipodean hop, don't we? Yeah. we, we they do. all, they've all got it. Okay, you're listening to the Bears Beyond the Gate podcast made by fans for fans and we're now available on Spotify, Apple and TuneIn platforms. So if you want to uh, listen to us and you want to find out where to find us in the future, Spotify, Apple and TuneIn. Um, you can also get in contact with us. We're now on Twitter at Bears Beyond Gate. That's our handle. And if you want to email the show with any ideas or suggestions, it's bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. Right, let's move on to one of our... I mean, we're all fashionistas here. I'm just looking around the room and can see... Well, it, I mean, it is like a catwalk lineup. Uh, Lee's wearing some Bross era jeans. <laughs> I'm not sure though. They've been in fashion in yeah, the last decade. Get one of those off your uh, that, was, that was my era, boys. <laughs> um, I'm let's talk about the shirts. Now we'll put the European shirt to one side because we haven't actually seen that yet. We've got the home and the away strip. Thoughts around the table about this year's colours, Lee? Uh, still, still not keen on the red. If I'm honest, um, I mean, I'm a you know, strike me down, but I'm a traditionalist and I like to see Bristol in blue and white. 
um, and I always will. I, I I can see where the the red comes in. I can see what the you know the the kind of point of view that they're they're trying to come across and trying to make. But I'd still prefer blue and white. Happy days for me. What about you, boys? I thought yeah, not bad Bristol Sport, but the away shirt. I mean, I love it. I love sort of yeah. blue and white stripes down the side. Or right, a bit white, so it's going to stain when you throw your beer at me next time. Yes, it, you know the Guinness. But, the Guinness um, home shirt. Yeah, it's not bad. Bit of bit, bit more red than I would like, but that's probably the influence of Bristol Sport, isn't it? Really, and yeah, being down in. I mean, to be honest, in the absence of uh, of pretty much any Christmas presents, I'm likely to get. Oh, I, I think you know it's an easy. I, I'm not spending sixty pounds. Well, I'm not spending sixty quid, but I'm going to suggest that Father Christmas brings it to me, maybe. So, uh, you know, and um, I, 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 yeah, I like the away shirt. I mean, sixty notes is quite a lot of money, but hey, what price support? Is is that the match shirt? Now? The match shirt or the or the fans shirt? Well, I did actually. To be fair, actually, do it on a tangent here. Though, I did go and buy. I bought the uh, training top uh, for my spin classes, actually. Um, and is that, uh, is that why you went there on Friday night? No, right? no that was the number time. Okay. But no, the uh, I do like that actually. The little training top. It's got the sort of um, aerated back. Oh, very okay, good. I mean, okay. you know, I won't say how much that costs, but anyway. Right. Um, so you know, you know, there's, there's there's more than just shirts. You know, I think there's a, and I think we're all very happy. Am I right in saying we're very happy that the beanies are in and it's embroidery? Oh, yes. Only pounds. Yeah, and yeah. and it's before it actually starts to get cold yeah. as well, well as yeah. opposed to a week before Christmas last mm. last yeah. time. Tony likes a beanie, doesn't he? I do like a beanie hat, but that that's when a it story. remains on his head. That's yeah. a story for another podcast. Now, you know, the last thing I want to do is um, drag up the whole issue about the rebranding and you know the badge. Uh, that's done and dusted. But for me. Lee, I share your view. I would like to have seen a predominantly blue and white. I'm not against having red in no, the in, no. in the strip at all. You know, we are in a stadium where there's red seats everywhere, and I think I think those three colours could have been incorporated. I think for my for me, I want to know is the club moving us towards a red strip, a purely red strip? Um, and if they are, then come out and tell us yeah. because yeah. I think there'd be more respect there than over the next two or three seasons we gradually get more and more red or is this as far as we're going to go because I see the Flyers playing a blue and red top That's right. yeah. obviously um, the Bears have got the blue and red top um, haven't seen any blue creeping into the city well, top you, I, you certainly wouldn't see yeah. any blue in the city shirt would you no because so, the fans would be you know completely just go crazy yeah been down to the shop, seen both tops. I actually do think putting the, the, the issue about moving away from blue and white into to blue and red aside, I think it's a smart shirt, the home shirt. Personally, I'm not going to get it this year because 60 quid, you know, I'm not going to buy one every year. I'm hoping the kind of leisure range gets expanded a bit because yeah. maybe some more, you know, hoodies and jackets and things and T-shirts and sweatshirts yeah. uh, for this season. But uh, It has improved on merchandise, I think. This season has been a step up for me. But it's come from a pretty, way. pretty low well, level. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a long way to go, yeah. Yeah, I, I've got to be honest, I'm quite disappointed still in the, the, the scope of uh, the, the especially the leisure and the training kit um, you know and again the shirts we, we talked about this last year for me from a marketing point of view 
I get those shirts available for the start of the school holidays so mm. kids can have them, they can go abroad, they yeah. can go around the country, wear their bare shirts with pride. Yeah. And people will say, well, you know, what's what's that strip? You know, who's that? Mm. It's, it's like that, you know, when they have the uh, the page in the in the programme, match programme, mm. when you're wearing your, your shirt and you're abroad on your holidays. That would be perfect, wouldn't it? Absolutely. And I, I just think this is the second season now that the home strip has gone on sale the week of the first game of the season. And I just do not understand why the rugby kit comes out so late compared to the football kit. Maybe someone from the club can come on and explain that to us because, I mean, you know, we're talking as fans. There there may be a valid reason. It's probably a complex supply chain issue. I'd love to hear from the club if there is a rationale behind it. Um, But for me, get the kits out as early as you can so, you know, we can wear it during the summer, wear it with pride, show our support for the club uh, and get that Bristol Bears uh, brand and the club out uh, and around the world. Um, That's almost the end. We've got our final um, section, which is what gets on my goat. And uh, Miles, as you've graced us with your presence uh, this week. Uh, I think it's only fair to put you on the spotlight. And uh, Miles, well, what gets on your go? I mean, it really is ugly head on Friday night. I mean, it's something that should be kept to a year six school disco or something. Dance cow. I mean, what's going on? There was a poor Gloucester fan who'd nearly broken his leg on Friday night and there was Downs in his little cameraman happily getting spotty 16 year olds. He felt obliged. He felt obliged to do the dance cow. I mean, oh, my goodness. I think it's something that all Bristol fans feel strongly about. There's a time and a place, but I don't know where the time is. I don't know where the the place is. I mean, I can see you must have been quite nervous having been forced to go and sit in the South Stand because... uh, We're at home. And we'd upgraded to the Lansdowne. We had a different view on Friday night. Miles, uh, sorry to interject. I'm just, I'm surprised at this because... Uh, Chiefs away last season. Uh, you were there, Pete, was the heck, yeah. And this is coming from a guy who literally didn't get off the dance floor after it, that it, game. Yeah, it's Sandy Park. All right, but, I mean, all right, but that dance wasn't there to, to be fair, ball, was he? To be fairly, that was after a good game. And Miles had about pints. ten pints. I had about ten pints of otter. Yeah, yeah. and about yeah. And I think I had four pasties that day. But yeah. the the point I'm trying to make is Miles is probably one of the best dancers out of the four of us. And and if Miles is against it, then what? Chance you know what? I think. I do. I think. I think he doth protest too much. <laughs> and I think one of these days we're going to be looking round on our little seats in the door, and we're going to say, "Where's Miles?" Which is a a phrase that I mean, does arise. And you know what's going to happen? We're going to suddenly see him. Twerking <laughs> on the dance cam, having gone round to the south stand because he he just he can't resist it. Tony and I were really worried on the Friday night. It's the first time the camera was pointing in our direction. Oh, when he had stage fright in the dark, we never get any dance cam. Actually. It, was, it actually went as far as the landstand, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they kind of pointed it in the landstand direction. I've got to say, dance cam before the game kicks off. You know, as as the crowd are coming in I haven't got any problem with it I think Miles makes a you know we're having a bit of a laugh but makes a very valid point I think you know there's a guy having his boot his legs strapped up he's getting stretched off the pitch and you've got dance calm happening Um, to me bit of fun maybe at half time or before the game 
not while someone's down injured, not while there's a break in play. But of course, what do you, well, what do you think we should do when someone's injured? Tom? Do you think we should have, you know, sound of music put up on well, the? Uh, it's clear we've discussed this, haven't we? Action shots, try yeah. some last yeah. season. Try and take our attention away from you know, yeah. get the crowd going. Get the crowd I, going. I like yeah. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and of course we, we had dance cam, but it, it, it's evolved now. Not only have we got dance cam, and Lee, you're going to love this, <laughs> knowing you know your your, your love of the Lion King, the Disney fetish that you've got. Um, the, it was. Pumba cam, wasn't it? Or Sim- Simba cam. Simba cam, yeah. So, I mean, whilst, whilst the Vikings on the Hippodrome, I mean, is this going to carry on? Maybe yeah. on Sunday? I mean, where's it going to... Because the new Frozen film is out in November. Well, he's probably going to see that instead of come to the rugby. He's already got the tickets. Sorry, guys, I, I didn't want to tell you live on air, but um, I, I won't be available for those, for that game, because uh, I am going to watch Frozen. <laughs> Let it go. That's okay, all I can okay. say. Well, you've been listening to the Bears Beyond the Gate podcast made by fans for fans. I hope you enjoyed this edition. We'll be back next week with our thoughts on the London Irish game. Until then, goodbye.